Hey, Metalworking Nation, Ryan from Making Chips here. On today's episode, we welcome Megan West and Ben Munn of Mastercam to our IMTS studio. We talk about their respective positions with Mastercam, exciting trends in manufacturing technology, and their takeaways from this year's IMTS. In manufacturing news, we recap Penny Pritzker's keynote address. We hope you enjoy this week's episode of Making Chips. If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metal Working Nation. This is Making Chips, where we talk all things metalworking, engineering and design, production and tooling combined with business best practices, technology, marketing, news, and new media for manufacturing professionals. Here are your hosts. Business owners, metalworking experts, and guys who get dirty on the factory floor, Jim Carr and Jason Zanger. Now, let's make some chips. Hello, Metalworking Nation. Jim here with Making Chips. Thanks for tuning in with us today. We are in the north building of McCormick Place in downtown Chicago, and it's early morning, but we are all caffeined up. We're ready to start the day, and we've got a full agenda of people here that we're going to interview. I'm sitting here in the IMTS TV studio with my good friend, co-host, <laughs> Mr. Jay-Z, Jason Zanger. Jason, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Yeah. It's early in the morning. Where's your you coffee? Know? I, you know what, I'm actually not as caffeinated as you because I actually got to bed at a reasonable hour last night. Really? Um, yeah, and I made sure of it. Uh, you know, with all the IMTS stuff going on, everybody wants to go out to dinner, everybody wants to, you know, socialize, and I went out to dinner. We had, our, we had a party last night. You and I hosted a party. Yeah. Um, and then I also had a dinner afterwards, but I thanked my host after eating my meal, and I said, I need to get back to my wife and get a good night's sleep tonight. So I was actually at home by nine, which was early. <laughs> that is, yeah, for, for IMTS so week, I didn't need as much coffee is. this morning as I used to, so I feel good. Yeah, great. Well, so, we've got a, we got a very busy day ahead. Yes, and a yes. lot of good stuff to talk about. And um, I think we've lined up some excellent guests to be on the show today. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing their stories and what you know, all the new technology that's available to us, and what's getting them excited about um, IMTS 2016. But uh, before we get started and introduce those people, what I'd like to do is, uh, you got some manufacturing news, a little bit of leftovers from Monday. When well, it's just, it's not manufacturing news per se like we normally get, but um, during the keynote address at um, IMTS by Penny Pritzker, she had a couple things to say that I thought were pretty relevant. Um, one of her statements was, here's the three reasons why the USA is the best place to manufacture. And I just wanted to kind of have a little conversation yeah, about that sure. really quick. So, Basically, she went through people, business climate, and capacity to innovate. So on the people front, her statement was, we have the smartest people in the world. And you know, I would completely 100% agree with, with her on that. Um, her only statement was, we need to get those smart people to realize that manufacturing is a great industry to be in. So we need the people that maybe would have gone into um, medical or would have gone into software to say, you know what, manufacturing is cool. It's not this dirty place, and you know we've we've kind of played this you know one-string banjo for pretty much since episode one of making chips that you know manufacturing isn't this dirty place, but you know I think it, it, it remains to be continued to talk about. So her big thing was you know we need to get all these smart people involved and aware of manufacturing that it is a cool industry to be in. She also made the statement that 
when you survey young people, and I could see that because I have some young children that are not yet sure of what they want to do, manufacturing rated last in the career that they. Yeah, would I was go really into. when she said that it, it kind of you know it was painful to hear. Yeah, it was, it, but I mean because needs, you know needs to be talked about. We yeah. all know how how lucrative the industry is right. can be can right. be if you're if you want to make yourself successful in the industry right. it can create a career and and you know support a family for a lifetime yep right um and it, you're right it isn't i'm oh my god i it's not even the the machine shop that i grew up in we don't even look like that anymore so we definitely have evolved as in my own company but i think my peers in the industry has evolved as well i mean we're we're utilizing you know, hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars in, in technical equipment and uh, CAD CAM software and tooling. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you just didn't have that years ago. You, you had a $5,000 bridge board or a $10,000 lathe, and that was about it. You might have had a high-speed tool to make those cuts. Now everything's solid carbide. The, the technology that's in the uh, cutting tools, the the coating this is, that are on them, it's, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's big box. It's definitely different. Like it's, her, her statement was, you know, and I quote, um, "Not the old dirty line job." So that's kind of the way she put it. So this, her second point was um, business climate, and and you know, I, you know, when I um, um, was in graduate school, I did get a little bit of a taste of this. The challenges that some of my um, cohorts had dealing with international business, and you know, her statement was, you know, the USA is very different from other countries in, you know, the rule of law, patent protection energy tariffs a supportive government i mean we all think that our government could be a lot more supportive and i would agree with that um that there's you know a lot of ways that they're not very supportive but if you look at it comparatively through the rest of the world it's it's a lot better uh, it's a lot better than manufacturing in like say russia or a oh, china absolutely or 100%. you know someplace like that so i thought that that was interesting and then her third point was um the capacity to innovate and um you know of course her main um, point was to bring up the new Manufacturing USA, which is the umbrella of all of the um, manufacturing in, uh, institutes. But, you know, just the fact that there is this collaboration between government and private sector to create these manufacturing institutes, continue to innovate, continue to come up with, you know, new materials, new processes, new ways to collect data. Um, and that's one of the reasons that the USA is the best place to manufacture. So I thought it was an interesting interesting speech that you she said made. that really well thank you yeah were you yeah. practicing that I was, no 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 i wasn't practicing i was just listening <laughs> <laughs> and taking and notes, notes obviously yeah, yeah, good yeah, definitely no you, definitely. It was, you said that beautifully you know, it's i mean but it, you know the, the reason that i can articulate that is because it's something that we talk about all the time and it's just that you know i think she may have may have listened to making chips and she was just repeating some of the stuff that we said so you know <laughs> you're that's probably, probably right yeah that's, that's probably where where the, it came from that's where she got it that's yeah, where she, she got well, sure. she was equipped inspired by us yes, right exactly yeah she was taking notes during our one of our podcast episodes so anyway <laughs> so I'm, I'm real excited to have a couple guests in our uh, in the IMTS TV studio today. Um, I spoke with Ben a couple months ago about some things, and we had um, Matt Sump from uh, Mastercam on about what was I think he was episode 15, right? It was very early on. Yeah, it was very early on. We had we had good discussion back then, but uh, Ben from um, their corporate office out in Connecticut had contacted me a few months ago and said, hey, we need to talk. It's, uh, what, you love what you guys are doing. And um, I invited him here today to, to share with us uh, what, what new technologies are available with regards to CAM software. 
and we were lucky enough that he brought along the president of the company, Megan West. So welcome, Ben, Megan. Thank you for having Thanks us. Thanks for having us. No it's problem, even, uh, no problem. It's even better to see you guys in person. Yeah. I'm just hearing yeah, your voices yeah. on the air. Well, I mean, the, the one thing about making chips is that we do like to have these live interviews. I mean, we don't like to do things over the phone, and I think you get a better feel you know, yeah. when you're in person like that. So. Yeah, I agree. So it's great to have you here, and I don't know if our audience can hear some of the um, some of the noise in the background, but you know there's a lot of people milling around IMTS, so you know there's definitely some the buzz of manufacturing going on in the background. Yeah. So. It certainly is alive and well and relevant nowadays. Yeah. 112,000 attendees as of this morning, I believe. Wow! Registered. Oh, great. cumulative since Monday. Right. 112,000. Interesting. That's that's great. So, so Megan, I'm, I'm really interested to, to, to hear from you. I, I'm, I'm, again, I'm glad Ben brought you here today. Um, tell me what, what is, why, why is Mastercam participating? I know, I know the obvious reasons, but what, what is the ROI on something this big? At IMTS. At IMTS. It, this is because this... obviously there's a big investment. It takes a lot of resources to get everybody here and and build that booth and promote it. But go right ahead. So IMTS for us, I mean, first of all, as you guys said, there's there's buzz here. You know? There is. So you can feel it. For us to bring our employees here, it kind of inspires them and gets them re-engaged and excited to, to get back to the office and uh, do amazing things. So I, I would say that's, that's one piece of it. But the other piece is that we get an opportunity to talk to customers, talk to partners, um, and you really get a good gauge of what's going on in the industry. You get a good gauge of, you know, acceptance of new releases of Mastercam with your customers. You, um, you know, make sure that they know that you're out there. The industry that we're in right now is changing and it's changing rapidly. There's been mergers, acquisitions. Um, new products. New products, new absolutely. And yeah. we want that, you know, for Mastercam, we want our customers to know that there's continuity, that we're stable, that we are, you know, continuing to do what's right for the customer. Um, and I think there's a lot of value in that. You guys seem to be, um, and we talked about this a little bit before um, the, the interview, but you guys seem to be the preeminent software for the um, the larger shops. Like the, the person that has said, okay, I'm going to move from being just like a one-man shop maker to actually having a corporation. Why, why do you think that is? Well, I think the, the biggest reason for that is focus. Okay. So we started this company 33 years ago uh, with the intention of creating toolpaths that drive CNC machines. And 33 years later, we're doing the exact same thing. So we've had this just incredible focus on that one problem and, and creating a solution for that problem. And so, you know, you talk to our customers and I think they'll agree that our, our toolpaths are pretty rock solid. You know, mm -hmm. when it comes to being, you know, afraid of gouges or, you know, something like that, Mastercam toolpaths are, are about as solid as they can so get. So there, there actually is a difference in, in creating those toolpaths between your software and um, another piece of software. Absolutely. Okay. Well, okay. I think what, what I think being, you know, day to day and, and hearing my employees' feedback is you got to make sure that toolpath is correct. Because once you take that and you create that toolpath and post-process it to your machine, I mean, if, if it's not posted correctly, you're gonna, you're gonna have a big accident. So it's, I think it's reliability right. as well. You know, it, it's getting it done quick, it's creating the most efficient cutting path, and then making sure it's correct. Right, yeah. absolutely, and, and if it's not correct, you know, I think the other big piece for Mastercam is our reseller channel. 
And we have the, the most incredible reseller network in the industry. They are worldwide. Yep. So anywhere you are in the world, you can guarantee that there's local support. And with a, a product that's as complex as CAM is, you need that local support that's going to be there, making sure that you're able to keep your machines running. Um, and that, that keeps your And, that, your and that helps for like the larger global companies, I would, I would assume, too. Absolutely. So um, one of the other things that we, we talked about briefly before was that um, all the young people, they want to have stuff on demand. and. You you know, I just want to grab it on my cell phone or grab it. Um, I don't want to have to load any kind of software, but um, you kind of push back a little bit um, on me with that because there, there's a reason why maybe you know your software in the cloud needs to be really well thought out before you proceed with that. Can you can you comment a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of companies that are using cloud technology these days, and you know, so far our customers haven't been demanding it. Of course, I'm sure that's coming, but mm -hmm. you know, as you said, there are reasons to wait until it's rock solid. You know, security is a, a huge issue. A lot of our customers, their parts, their toolpaths, that's their you know, that's their real asset, that's their value. And so they want to make sure that it's secure and that it's safe. Um, and a lot of the bigger companies too, um, you know, like people that work for the big, big OEMs. Yeah, they, like they, the aerospace they, companies. Yeah, they the got to be very careful yeah. with cloud technology. Absolutely. Um, so it, it's got to be super secure. Yeah, and you're, and you're right, like, I mean, you're paying, you're paying an engineer, you know, a lot of money per hour to create that tool path. And right. you, you, know, you want to make sure that it remains in your infrastructure. <laughs> yeah, and that you own it and that you always have access to that. Right, right. Yeah, he's not, you know, utilizing that while he's at home or something right. like that. Right. But well. that being said, there's there's things that we do within, I guess, the cloud space. You know, we, we do a lot of things with the Mastercam community, forums, knowledge base. Um, we have a Mastercam app on the um, iOS platform. Okay. So there's things that we do to kind of engage that community as well. Right. Um, without... Uh, you know, doing anything to jeopardize the software. Yeah, retaining the integrity of it. Right. Is there is there a speed factor why you might not, you know, move forward that quickly in, into the cloud? Yeah, it's a completely different technology and we okay. need to make sure that performance is something that right. is going to be at, at least as good, if not better, than what we have now. Right, okay. Access as well, we, we know that from internal studies we've done that there are, there are a number of shops that don't have constant internet access where they're doing their programming. So that's just something to always take into account too. They need to have that. Yeah, that's that a very good point. Powerful software available yeah. to them, you know, regardless of whether yeah, they have it. I never thought about that, but you're right. Not. Yeah. So Ben, tell us a little bit about your role at Mastercam and what you do. Uh, I've been with the company now for a little over 20 years. Okay. Uh, primarily in marketing right now, I'm um, trending more towards market uh, analysis. I think the most, <laughs> the most impressive thing I, I have about the company is when I started, um, Mark Summers, the previous president and Megan's dad, uh, when I started there, he actually taught every single person that came in a manual programming class, and that was something we all had to do. Oh, like a GNM code programming? Yep, so right. I had to sit down and I had to learn how to manually program, uh, you know, rudimentary stuff. But it really, to me, it really showed the, you know, he's, he's a machinist, uh, that's his background, and he really wanted to instill in every person who came into that building the, the fundamentals of what they were doing and what problems our software could alleviate so that they wouldn't have to do the things that we were going through meticulously. So, sure. uh, you know, and I was in marketing at that point, there's no particular need for me to, to machine, 
Right. But he was very clear about making sure we all understood those basics, which I am hugely thankful for, because that lays a foundation for everybody. Well, you understand the product a little bit better. Right. You can right. relate to the people that you're trying to sell to. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you're, you're trying to sell your product not to the president of the machine shop, you're trying, to, you're trying to sell it to the guy out in the shop, so if you can talk his language and be on his level, right. you're that much better. So I, I totally agree. So what, what's getting you guys excited about um, IMTS 2016? Is, is, have you seen anything yet over the last few days that's getting, getting you really excited, or where do you think our industry is headed? You know, what new technologies are, are getting you excited? The, a few <laughs> things that have excited me Personally Other than are. CAM software, because I'm sure you guys are leading the way. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well played. Yes. <laughs> um, one of the biggest things, and this is one of the things I always look at when I come to a show uh, in general, is trying to get a vibe of the people coming into the booth, how their business is doing. And I've been very encouraged that uh, virtually all the people we've had come through the booth are reporting that, fortunately, their businesses seems to be doing really well. And, and picking up steam. So that's the primary thing that excites me is to see that these people are all uh, encouraged and excited about their future before we start looking at individual uh, technical pieces. Um, out on the floor, there's been a number of things. You know, additive is something that's always, it's a hot topic, it's on everybody's mind. I think the biggest thing that uh, impresses me about that is it's, it seems like it's finally coming to a point where we're going to start seeing some real practical hybrid applications where it's a, it's a seen as a component of manufacturing um, rather than something that is always just held alone. So there's- I'm, 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 I'm kind of lost on what you're trying sure. to say. Can you, can you break that down yeah. a little bit? Um, the, you know, for instance. For a lot of folks uh, have viewed additive as we've moved along as- um, Like a novelty? No, no, no. They, I mean, it's certainly seen as a disruptive technology. It is a disruptive okay. technology. Well, yes. I think it's a, I think it's a, a welcome addendum to... Exactly. Yes. And I think you just said what I was saying way better than I did. It's okay. A, well, thanks. It's an additional uh, tool in Jim the toolbox. Jim rarely box. does that, so th thank you for thanking him. <laughs> you can't... You, the listeners can't see it, but I think he just split his face in half with a smile. Uh, no, that's exactly right. It's yeah. another it's another tool in a manufacturer's toolbox. Sure. And I think we're we're getting closer to a point where that's a, a practical reality. There's uh, some heads here that people can insert into their machines that do uh, additive work on a normal machine tool. Um, there's been much more talk of using it in a sense of uh, you know for like for example mold repair, building up small areas and then. Uh, using uh, subtractive technology to machine it back down to net. Right. So there's a lot of things like that where it's, you know, you mentioned it being a novelty, and probably the the general populace looks at it that way. But the uh, the kind of practical aspects that we've been seeing here have well, been. Well, what I meant is that it's moving past the novelty stage. Yeah. Yes. Yep. This yes. would be cool to have one in my shop. To I actually kind of see this as a part of the, the vision for my company. Yeah. Yes, we're looking for one. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think the industry is not going to get a maker's bot, you know, a $500, right. $1,000 little 3D printer that moves, you know, and creates you this. You need to invest in a major machine tool. Yeah, something you know? significant. Yeah. Something, well, we if, you're, if you're going to take it seriously, you better invest some serious money into, into a technology that's really going to start taking off. Right. right. Well, we, you know, we just had um, Jason Harrelson from Harrelson Trumpets on here, and he figured out how to CNC machine a trumpet, and now he said to, to himself, well, there's all these components that can't be CNC machined because they need to be formed, but maybe I can 
additive manufacturer those other formed parts and now I can have just a completely CNC machined or additive product. And I think so, you just nailed it. That's yeah. where the real beauty of, of additive comes in. It's manufacturing components that cannot be manufactured exactly. with, a, with a subtractive technology. Yep. And that's why it's such a potent addition uh, yep. to, a, to a manufacturer's Yeah, the, the application uh, for it is becoming more clear. And you've got companies like Mazak creating a, you know, very high-end hybrid machines. Yeah. So these applications can actually be done in a way that you know, is sustainable. Sure. So how does your, um, how does the um, additive versus subtractive um, trend impact your software? Mm, good question. That is a good question. That is a really good question. And I'm not, I'm not sure that we know yet. Okay. Um, you know, we're, we're constantly paying attention to, to okay. additive, um, but again, we have to focus on that subtractive because that's what keeps us, you doing. know, the leader in that industry, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, but that being said, you know, understanding these applications, for example, the hybrid, you know, being able to build material, for example, a propeller, you know, yeah. a propeller that's been broken, you can build the material up and then you can do some nice finishing right. to, to, you know, break it down to a, a nice finished part. You know, understanding that, we can start doing some, you know, we've got companies that are doing C-hooks or apps, essentially, uh, to do that technology. But it, but it is a very different technology. You know, the lead-in, lead-out is going to be different. The um, type of material that you use is going to change that technology. Right. So there's a lot of knowledge and um, you know, information that so you need to know. So I have a quick question that just came to my mind, and I'm going to blare it out. What new tool technology with regards to um, tool paths has Mastercam implemented in the last year? Because you know it's it's all you know. Remember when Troy coital cutting was really popular, mm -hmm. and so is there a new or, or what was um, Matt sharing with us when he was on the show? Dynamic machining, you know, and that's very subjective. You know, a lot of people think dynamic machining is this way, and it's really not this, and it's it's not high-speed machining. It's dynamic, but they're kind of the same thing. What new technologies um, within the Mastercam brand? Do you have are like are, on the horizon? Yeah, they're around yeah. the horizon yeah. it, it, that you can share with us. Well, to, <clears throat> to get back to dynamic, that's one thing that we are we're constantly pushing forward, and it's it's one of the things that our uh, our customers and our beta uh, users who test the software for us have made very clear uh, when they ask for new types of toolpaths or new things they want to do with their machines is to continue innovating that dynamic engine that we have. It, uh, it was one of the first physics-based or material-aware-based engines, and we started probably about eight years ago putting it into some of our milling tool paths. And we have since, uh, progressively, as we've moved through releases, started using that as the engine for more and more milling tool paths, and then eventually other products like turning as well, um, primarily because the, the dramatic amount of, uh, of cycle time savings tooling savings and the, the lighter wear in your machine tool, it's just a, a much, it's a superior tool path. And it's not just us, there are a lot of folks, a lot of players in the industry who do similar things. This one is proprietary to us. I mean, we built the, the algorithms behind it. But that concept is, that is the way machining is going. Uh, it's never coming back from that. And, and you can see it out in the industry now as more and more people sort of move that direction. Sure. Um, because it is so much better than, than uh, some of the traditional cutting techniques. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the big things is we push very hard to continually innovate that component of our software. Um, with 2017, we, uh, one of the bigger things we did was, and Megan, you may want to talk about it a little bit, was the um, streamlining the, the interface to make things more available to more people. 
Um, so is it bringing down the complexity level of operating Mastercam or? I would say operating Mastercam at, at sort of a beginner level, but still allowing people to have that advanced option as well. Are you talking about the UI? Yes. So we, we have a, a new interface. I don't even know about that. <laughs> we have a new interface for 2017. Oh yeah, we've got it we in used, our shop. We um, yeah. used the, the traditional Microsoft ribbon style it interface. Looks awesome. And it, you know, part of that was because we, you know, our customers were kind of begging for a fresh, modern, new look. You know, mm -hmm. I, I always say that when my dad started the company 30 years ago, there were no customer expectations. There was nobody else out there doing anything. If you could create a line, you were doing something pretty good, right? Yeah. Now it's, you know, we're not just competing against other cam softwares, we're competing against video games, we're competing against, you know, Microsoft Office, we're competing against, um, you know, web-based applications. And so we have to make sure that we're paying attention to all those trends and figuring out a way to deliver them to the customer and getting new, that, that next generation on board while maintaining our existing users. And that's a very fine balance um, sure. and something that we've been trying to do. And I, Megan, I think that, uh, Jim, you pointed out you, know, you use it in your shop. We do. And you mentioned that you have uh, experienced programmers who looked at it initially and maybe were you know, figuring out how they well, were going to start using it. It's different. No one likes change, right? right. But then but you said you have a 24-year-old? Yes, my son. Yes. And what was his opinion? He of, loved it right away. That's he, perfect. He, 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 he immediately took to it. So it, it does look like Microsoft Office, right. quite honestly, and it's very uh, user-friendly. And, you know, we don't like change for the sake of change. I mean, that's not, you know, what we go for, but we like change that's going to be progressive. And well, you got to push, you, you push people out of their comfort absolutely. zone a little bit. They're never going to evolve, right? So, yeah, if we didn't evolve, we would still be DOS-based, and we would, you know, it, it just would be a completely different industry. Exactly. And this would be broadcast on AM radio. <laughs> That's, we've done that gig before. You know, the, the funny thing about the, uh, about the interface suit, not funny thing, the gratifying thing is we have, a, um, we have a, a customer feedback program that many thousands of people participate in. And it's uh, it just all it does is the software reports back just what functions are being used, no other information, uh, and it's voluntary. And what we found was there were many of the very powerful things that Mastercam could do that were not being used. Dynamic being one of them, it was being underused. And that we found through the research was primarily because people had a hard time finding them. Those things were buried. And right, well you had to get a continual education I think exactly. too is really important. Exactly. And by redesigning the interface as Megan was talking about, we brought many more of those or as many as we could to the surface and in black and white we can see it. We can see that reporting come back and see that those functions are being used exponentially more simply because they're easier to access and easier to get to. So I think that really, to us, was an indicator that it was a, it was a right move mm -hmm. to, um, to mm -hmm. uh, redesign that one. What, one of the Good. things that um, I in particular struggle with is um, because we're, um, you know, our, our objective is to always um, help our customers and continuously improve their manufacturing process by utilizing the right and advanced tooling, um, customers a lot of times are afraid to like use that newest tool. Like they're afraid to start using a thread mill, or they're afraid to you know use this very aggressive mill. Uh, is there something that you guys have done in the software in order to alleviate that? Do you, I would go. I don't want to just break that question down a little bit. So you're saying that the people that are buying these expensive cutting tools. No, what I'm saying afraid. is not the ones that are buying it. It's like when we when we go to a customer and we say, you know, we can cut your cycle time by X, or just we could cut. We know we could cut your cycle time because we're looking at what you're doing, right? And it's too slow, right? But they're like, well, 
uh, I don't know if I want to, you know, you know, start thread milling instead of tapping because it kind of scares me. And yep. you know, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about because I said it to you. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they're afraid. And, and, I don't yeah. know why. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I totally understand. Yeah. Right? If you've been doing something for a number of years the same way and it's it works and it's comfortable, you know, you talked about breaking out of your comfort zone, that's exactly it. A lot of times you have to prove to people up front, why should I even bother trying? And we have that exact issue, and I think it's what you were getting at with the software tools. You know, one of the guys uh, at the company Dave Canigliero, who really oversaw the beginning of our dynamic toolpaths, he did a great, a great video where he talked about his experiences the first time he used it. And he admits to being terrified because he's running this tool into a, into a piece of yes, material at yes. a ridiculously high speed, at a, at a ridiculous depth. And it's and the part the, and parcel with the tool costs money, the material exactly. costs money. If you screw <laughs> that up, money. you're in big trouble. Yeah, exactly. And that's why the employees, I think, are a little intimidated because, I mean, that's their butt. If, if they ram the tool into it or break the tool. You know, when I when we do tool tests in my shop, I make the, the tool guy press the start button because then it's, you know. It's your fault. Yeah, I didn't press the button, you did, yeah. you know. Well, I mean, a lot of times though, the tool breaks because it's not aggressive enough. Yes, sure. you're That's absolutely right. right. Oh, you know, I agree. You don't realize that, but yes. I mean, yep. it's, it, we see it, you you know, dig it day in and day out. Yeah. yeah. Is it? But we have, you know, we, again, we've been doing this for so long and we've got, you know, a team of 40, 45 developers. So we've got a lot of man hours, a lot of man years into developing this. It's been tested, it's been tried, it's been proven. So, you know, we've got success stories out there that we're, we're pushing to the customers to show them that it can be done and can be done successfully and, and just trying to, you know, increase that confidence. Yeah, and, and you need to do these things like being aggressive with your, with your tooling and the dynamic machining because your competition is going to do it. And that's right. one thing that we always try, you know, one of the other things we, we try to say on, on making chips is that you got to get out of that, your comfort zone, yep. because somebody else is going to. Some right. new kid is going to come up in, the, in your competition and say, we're going to change things, we're going to do this more aggressively, and they're going to leave you in their dust if you don't do it yourself. And to your question about what we're doing to help people understand the value of it and be willing to try it is, we, do, we have two things. One is we have a, uh, we have, and we always have had, a fully functional machine shop in our corporate office. Oh, great. Uh, and we have a fully staffed that application engineer. That would make sense. It's, you have to. And yeah. that's so that we can break tools of course, so that our customers don't have to. Yeah, there right? you go. So we're like constantly it. testing in shop conditions. Yeah. And that shop is, is, as you mentioned earlier, it, it's a lot different than what the shops used to look like. Oh, my God. You, know, you could eat off the floor of our yeah. shop. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's innovative, it's got high-end technology sure. in there, and you know, kind of to your point at the very beginning of this, that whole getting that next generation into manufacturing, we do, you know, tours of the shop and, you know, get students to see what, what the opportunities of manufacturing are. That's great. Well, I think you guys breaking tools so your customers don't have to is a great place to stop. <laughs> so uh, that's, uh, that was great. We're taking one for the team. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Thank you. There you go. Um, did you have another? I did. The other thing that we okay. do, Justin, I don't know how you play this in. But the other thing we do to convince people is we've actually been on the road a lot with our machine tool partners um, around the around the country and around the globe because they do open houses. Mm -hmm. So we've come in and we have run live demonstrations on their machines of dynamic and that's what convinces people. When you get a, a machinist, when you get a programmer, you can talk all day long about these things to him. But when you get him out onto the shop floor and he looks into a machine and you see him or her flinch when that tool goes into the material. Oh my God. 
but then their eyes open up when that tool just goes through it like butter. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's the point that we want to reach. My team is going to be here today. I'm going to send them up and have them talk to you directly. Excellent. We'd love to talk to them. Yes. I get great feedback from a veteran and from a newbie. So excellent. And tell them all the new stuff and give them some tips and tricks. They'd love to hear that. Great. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So do you know what we say at the end of the show? Ben? What does my dad always say? If you're not making chips, not making money. Oh, there you <laughs> go. Dang. This podcast exists to improve the manufacturing industry. We want to hear from you, the owners, managers, leaders, and engineers from the metalworking nation. What ideas do you want to share and what keeps you up at night? We want you to take something away from this podcast that you can use to improve your company, your team, and yourself. So let us know what you want to hear, and we'll see you next time on Making Chips. Thank you.